The great comparative literature and mythology professor Joseph Campbell once said, follow your bliss and don't be afraid. And doors will open where you did not know they were going to be. The spirit of the podcast is to learn how former Wego Wildcats followed their bliss and for us to get inspired and learn from their stories. Welcome to Wego Places. I'm your host, Brian Turnbaugh, English teacher at West Chicago High School since 2001. Today's guest is Illinois State Representative Joe Sosnowski, class of 1995. Joe graduated from NIU with a degree in political science. Joe currently represents the Winnebago and Boone counties in Illinois' 69th district. In his career away from Springfield, Joe's an advancement director at Rockford Christian Schools. As a side note, Joe was my roommate at NIU, and he registered me to vote for the election in 1996. Joining us today is Representative Joe Sosnowski from the class of, uh, I keep on saying 2000, but it's, we have to go all the way back, 1995. Joe, what do you do? Well, Brian, first, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, as a state representative, uh, I joke, you know, I have to toil around in Springfield um, trying to figure out ways to spend people's money improperly. Uh, but no, I always say that jokingly. But uh, yeah, work in uh, state government as a state representative. And then um, also uh, in uh, the other day job I have, I work in fundraising for a K through 12 school, private school in the Rockford area. Cool. Now, how did you come to become a representative in, I believe your district is in the Rockford region. How did, what was the path of how you got to be a state rep? Well, it's, it's funny because it really goes back to my high school days at West Chicago. Uh, Mr. Arnold uh, taught a government class and uh, we had a government simulation, which I just remember as a kid, even now thinking back, and that was just, it was just a lot of fun. You know, we got to make bills, you know, there was elections, you know, we debated policies, you know, we passed stuff and, you know, just really simulated the government process. And, you know, that just kind of stuck with me as I left high school, went into college and was kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. Actually started thinking I was going to go into journalism and work for the, uh, Northern Illinois University student newspaper at the time only lasted about four weeks. And I decided ah, I really don't like journalism. So then I jumped on the other side of the building in the student services and got involved in student government. And just through that process, we got to do uh, lobbying in Springfield and meet local elected officials, learn about some uh, local policies and issues. And, you know, just from that experience and being involved in that student government uh, upon graduation, you know, the opportunity came up to run for an alderman, which is, you know, obviously a, a local seat, you know, smaller uh, electoral map. Um, and I lived in a mostly student area. And so uh, right out of college at age 22, got elected as alderman. And, you know, the rest is history. I just kind of really enjoyed that, uh, you know, really got uh, me engaged and interested. Uh, you know, sometimes people will look at that and say, why do you like going to, you know, five hour meetings that are super boring? But, you know, past the, the long meetings, you know, there's a lot of uh, just neat stuff that you're able to get involved with, uh, with the overall goal of hopefully, you know, just making your community a better place and uh, leaving it better than when you found it and just trying to, to move uh you know, community forward. And then I really, uh, you know, I got to be an alderman in the city of Rockford after that, after moving out to the Rockford area. And then a kind of a similar situation came up. Uh, the pre previous state rep uh, retired guy had been there, you know, probably over two decades. And 
he was retiring and uh, threw my hat in the ring and was lucky enough to, to get elected. But I really, you know, kept that same. Time. Now, how long ago was that, Joe? That was how long oh. ago was that? That you've been in you've been a rep for quite some time, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I've been a rep for a little while uh, since 2010. So the campaign started right about 2009. It was really only about uh, a year after moving to Rockford. And I was running against a guy with the last name of Green. So I thought I had no chance at all. Because Sosnowski is impossible to pronounce and hard to spell, uh, but ended up, uh, you know, just knocking on doors uh, every day, every night, uh, just meeting people, uh, you know, and as a new person to a big city, you know, it was obviously a big challenge. But, you know, that's how I won my first campaign is just uh, wearing through a couple gym shoes and knocking at as many doors as I possibly could. That's great. That I mean, how many how many doors do you think you knocked on? Well, actually, uh, we I knocked on personally myself almost a thousand doors in a three month period, and it it, it sounds That's you know a thousand maybe you know sounds like a high number or maybe not so bad, but it's you know once you get into you know your first conversation and then you go to the next door. It, it, you know, I would I would actually during the week you know I'd try to aim for ten to fifteen houses to visit every night. And then able to do more on the weekends. And then, of course, we had some volunteers that would help, too. But, uh, yeah, it was a time-consuming uh, endeavor, but certainly well worth it. You know, I, I started out, uh, you know, knocking on doors, and I planned to knock on 10 to 15 a week or a day, I should say. And then on weekends, you know, knocking on a bunch more. And, uh, you know, it's certainly uh, a time-consuming process, but well worth it. And, and the people you meet in the community uh, were great. You know, I'd certainly have those houses where you'd go up to and somebody would look out through the blinds and, you know, kind of shake their hand for me to go away. Uh, but the vast majority, you know, were, hey, yeah, you don't live too far from here. And, you know, got to meet just a lot of a lot of great folks and uh, a lot of great stories along the campaign trail. So tell us about your schedule in Springfield. I think it's got to be fascinating to know, like, from when you're in session and and what's the what's the what's a typical day? Yeah, like? well, you know, it's funny because I get questions sometimes from folks. They're like, "Oh, so your uh, kids go to school in Springfield, right? Your family lives down there." And <laughs> it's like, "No, uh, it's not that bad." Uh, you know, and you know, sometimes that happens uh, for uh, legislators who go out to Washington D.C. But in Springfield, it's actually a somewhat manageable schedule, um, and it's really designed to be set up for a citizen legislator, meaning. You know, somebody else has another career. They take time out to be in, in Springfield and do the legislative process, still work in their district. But, you know, really, uh, many of the representatives down here have other positions, whether it's firefighters or teachers or attorneys or business owners or farmers. And so it's really amazing to see that, you know, kind of conglomeration of a lot of different backgrounds, careers, and and uh, and folks that come to represent people. Uh, but we'll, typical year, you know, we'll be in session maybe 40 to 50 days, uh, which means, you know, we'll actually have 50 session days in Springfield. Uh, there's committees that happen sometimes outside of those 50 days or in Chicago. Uh, but during those 50 days, you know, we're really down here. We'll have uh, committees on a variety of different topics, whether it's education to finance to taxation uh, to environment issues. And then, uh, you know, the session runs usually until May 31st. And uh, statutorily, we're supposed to have our budget put together. And, you know, we spend about, you know, $37.5 billion every year in a state budget. So the, the main uh, main task of the legislature is to put together those spending 
priorities for the state of Illinois, whether it's to education or uh, roads and bridges uh, or to wherever areas um, they go. And that really has to be done by May 31st. And then uh, surprisingly, most people don't realize this, really the rest of the year, other than a couple of weeks during veto session, you know, we're typically just in our district offices, you know, and you know, again, most of us will have other careers. Uh, we'll kind of bounce back and forth between going to different events, uh, constituent groups, or, you know, going to lunches and dinners and, and, you know, knocking on doors and doing some of those things in the district. Um, but again, most of that time, uh, the vast majority of the year is really, you know, back in Rockford where we live and, and working with local groups and helping people out on a constituent service basis. You know, if somebody's having a problem with the Department of Revenue on their taxes and helping people work through the system. And then when does the session begin again? Um, usually session will begin sometime in January. And we don't normally meet every day of the week. Uh, usually for those 50 days in the beginning of the year, January and February, we might meet three days a week, sometimes four days a week. Um, really the bulk of the time is in the April and May period. Uh, where we're really hammering out the final legislation and, and looking at the final spending packages. Um, so between passing laws and working on the budget and, you know, working on policies and initiatives, a big part of the position, uh, exactly what you asked about, where back in the district, we're really just we help people uh, get to the right government agency, um, whether it's somebody that's interested in a concealed carry permit or Department of Revenue or they have. Uh, an issue that they want to uh, try to fix at the local level with licensing. And so that's a significant part of, you know, what my local office will do, what people call all the time or email or Facebook or send us a tweet about a problem they have. And we're just trying to help get them to the right agency and make sure that their problems are solved on a timely basis um, if they don't know where to go. And then sometimes, you know, through those interactions, we uh, find areas of the law that need to be updated or changed or improved. And a lot of times, you know, that's, you know, that will help us develop new legislation uh, for the next legislative session. What do you think is the most helpful way that you infer what your constituents want? Like, because I think everyone's like, well, they want to know how to best communicate with their representative. What's What do you find to be the most genuine way where you receive uh, in, information or feedback from your constituents? Um, well, you know, the best thing is in, in person and, and setting up a meeting. I mean, it's, you know, it's funny, you know, how few people think they can do that. Um, but, you know, really, you know, we try to be accessible as possible. And if I don't meet with somebody in person, um, you know, my staff can, uh, or we can get somebody who's from an agency to meet with somebody, you know, especially, you know, I can't be an expert in everything. So if somebody has a problem that, has to do with forestry, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to help a whole lot. So sometimes it's just a matter of getting the right person on the phone with them and, you know, working through um, issues. And so, you know, we, we do just a lot of, you know, the basic one-on-one -on -one. people come into the office or just through phone calls and in working through that. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, like I mentioned, um, meeting with folks who have a concern or maybe, maybe meeting with a group, you know, like realtors or, you know, sometimes student groups uh, uh, or teachers, you know, will end up finding uh, policies that can be changed to kind of improve what we do in the state. And so a lot of times it's, you know, I'll go out to an organization, I'll meet with people. Uh, sometimes they're just fun things like, you know, meeting with the local Boy Scouts and talking about what I do. 
Uh, but other times it's, you know, it's a serious meeting, you know, with veterans who, you know, want to talk about veteran affairs in Illinois and, you know, how can we improve uh, quality of life uh, for our uh, veterans who come back from overseas duty. What do you think is your favorite uh, in-district project to work on while you're uh, back home? Well, you know, the, the it ranges from uh, important stuff to just fun stuff. But, you know, every year uh, since I've been elected, we've had a, a kids health and safety fair, uh, you know, which is really meant to be an educational thing. You know, there's some state agencies that come out. We bring the local firemen and police officers and life safety folks and hospitals together. You know, we just have an informational fair for kids and parents. You know, we get great attendance. You know, we'll have almost a thousand people uh, that will come out. And it's really just a, a fun time, you know, and a fun way for kids to learn about health and safety, uh, you know, in their house and in their community. Um, and then we, uh, you know, try to do a lot with uh, students. You know, I try to uh, I go out to the schools and talk to classrooms, uh, you know, hopefully encouraging kids to, you know, at least think about, you know, hey, there's a career maybe not in elected office, but being in and around government and the formation of policy. Uh, there's so many careers that people don't even think about uh, that you don't actually need to run for office, but, but also encourage, you know, kids to consider that as a, you know, part of their future as a way to, to give back and serve. And, you know, we do, um, you know, again, I mentioned outreach to Boy Scouts and, and youth groups and, you know, just in a way uh, to encourage kids uh, to get involved and kind of know a little bit about uh, government. Again, I, I kind of think I'd, I'd probably like to focus on some of that, you know, based off of, you know, how I got involved in government, you know, you know, those teachers and folks that work with us and student government, you know, you just, you learn a little bit and it kind of puts something in the back of your mind that, you know, later on, you're like, Hey, you know, that is kind of interesting. That's something I could can contribute and, and help out with. So, so those are some of the, I think the most rewarding things I do in and around the district. What do you think was probably one of your just favorite pieces of legislation that you worked on? Well, uh, you know, actually, it's 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 one that's still in progress, uh, actually, and it's it's somewhat recent, but I'll, I'll use it as an example. Uh, you know, we're and it's a practical one, but it's it's funny because I use this when I talk to people how you know something simple and practical can sometimes be very difficult to get instituted into law. Um, but it, what I'm working on right now is uh, actually just changing Illinois law so that we're more consistent with other states uh, in regards to children who stay home alone or who are babysitting. And a lot of people don't realize this. A lot of uh, moms and dads out there are violating the law because, they, you know, a lot of people don't realize it's the case. But we're actually one of the most restrictive states in the nation as far as children being left home alone or uh, babysitting at a certain age. And technically, according to law, you can't be a babysitter. You can't be home alone unless you're 14 and over. Um, wow. And so most other states, you know, it's between 10 and 12. And so that's an issue that we've actually been working two years on, uh, kind of ran into some opposition this year. And, you know, I think at some point we'll, we'll get it done, but it's just, it's a matter of sometimes collaborating and bringing people together and having different state agencies and outside agencies understand, you know, how the rules and the laws will affect them. But, you know, we've had everywhere from social workers to the Department of DCFS to, you know, parent groups, you know, who have wanted input on this bill, you know, and it came to me actually just from, you know, some constituents that kind of mentioned, hey, why is this law on the books? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> it, it does seem kind of strange that we have the highest age of, of any state. If you dig into it, you know, make a short, a long story short, it, it all originated back in the 80s. Uh, there was a couple in St. Charles 
who left on vacation for a week and left kids at home. You know, I think one was nine and one was 11 or 12 and they just were gone. They went overseas on vacation. And then in response to that, you know, they got arrested and there was a lot of stories about it. And then so the legislature acted at that time, uh, you know, probably overly zealous direction to set that really high age. And ever since then, you know, that law has been in place. Um, so, you know, so kind of unwinding some of those things that get put into place uh, decades ago is, is easier said than done. And, and it's, I think that's a great bill to the extent that the way it would have to rearrange the schedules or how it currently rearranges the schedules of working parents and thinking about how different funding for babysitters and all that other things when really, you know, there are some 12 year old kids that are perfectly able to open up the door for themselves and hang out home for an hour or so uh, as well. So I think that would, I think that would be an incredibly uh, useful law for, um, uh, for parents to, to have that not hanging over their head uh, thinking that they would be <laughs> cuffed and, and taken away for, for something that was, seems to be like you said, a very common sense uh, yeah. law for sure. Yeah, that's when, that's when areas of common sense kind of tie in. I mean, it, it happens very rarely. But there are definitely cases of uh, local law enforcement or people that have been prosecuted for things that you look back and say, well, wait a minute, you know, that shouldn't happen. Yeah. So trying to fix no, those yeah. things I mean, well, You're right. That, that St. Charles case is like such an extreme. Yes, exactly. <laughs> think- One case. Now, there wasn't nobody else knew of any others that had happened to that extreme, but that was enough that, you know, sweeping legislation was passed. <laughs> what would be some words of wisdom uh, that you could leave for our current Wildcats? At- yeah, no, absolutely. Well, it's something that they're, they've probably been told over and over. And, uh, you know, the key is, that I think, at every stage in life uh, is get involved. You know, um, you know, obviously, you got to use your time wisely. Uh, make sure you dedicate time to, you know, classwork. But, but get involved in, you know, community and different organizations, you know, things outside your comfort zone. Uh, you know, even if it's just uh, try it once, uh, expand your horizon uh, or your knowledge level of certain areas. And, uh, you know, as you get older and graduate, go off to college, same thing. You know, get involved in the community, whether it's uh, your university community. But then after that, you know, uh, we just need more good folks who, you know, it doesn't have to be a lot of time, but dedicate some time to, you know, making the place that you live in a better place. And, uh, you know, that's, that's helpful. We just need uh, more people taking that uh, point of view and, and getting involved. That's great. Well, Joe, thank you so much for your time today and good luck finishing up uh, the session. And um, hey, it's great talking, talking to you. you again, too. Have a have a great day and uh, enjoy your uh, summer break coming up here. Cool. And I, I bet maybe in a year, if this project keeps on going, I'll, I'll interview you again to see what uh, what you've been up to in the last year or so. Good. So we'll come, sometime we'll in the again. fall here, I got to we'll cool. reach out to you when school starts up. I got to come in for a visit sometime and, and check out the old stomping grounds. Thanks for listening to We Go Places. If you know of a great guest for this podcast, send me an email at b-t-u-r-n-b-a-u-g-h at d94.org. Music provided by Joe Villacat.